So in my own personal journey, when I was coming out of my dark night of yeah. the soul. By the way, if you'd like to share a little bit about that before we go into it, I mean, your, your dark night of the soul and that journey, I would love for you to touch on too. Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah it gives good context for where this understanding came from. Yeah. Um, like you said, I grew up pastor's kid, um, deeply religious, devout Christian, and followed wanted to follow in my dad's footsteps to be a pastor one day, actually did, became a pastor for one year, had an awakening out of religion at 23 and was like, I don't believe any of this stuff anymore. Um, total identity crisis. Who am I if I'm not a Christian? You know, every single friend I had or had ever had was Christian. All my family, everyone I know is Christian. So it was like immediate exodus from my life. <laughs> yeah. And that's what the universe needed to do for me, right? It's just isolation. And so I was all alone. I don't believe in this religious God anymore. Um, I'm pretty sure Jesus existed, but like, I've, I guess I've been deluding myself thinking that I've been having this relationship with Jesus. Became a closet atheist for a few months, started reading near-death experiences, like, 30, 40, 50 a day, just obsessively. Cause I'm like, if anyone knows the truth, it's these people. Right. And that, that gave me some hope and assurance again, that no, there is a, an eternal truth. There is a source and we can call that source God. If we want, we could call it the Tao, we could call it whatever, but it's real. And it, you are one with it. Okay. That's what I needed to hear. Right. So from there, I, I just jumped into like all the Eastern stuff, uh, Buddhism, Hinduism, Taoism. And I got married at 23 years old. And to, uh, you know, my Christian ex-wife, she was 20 years old. We were super young. And then after I left my religion, we just kind of went like this. And so got divorced at 26. Again, everyone in my life thinks I'm a heretic and a cult leader and stuff now. So I have no friends. I'm living back in the Bay Area, working at Google as a personal trainer. And if you know anything about the Bay Area, it's not conducive to making friendships. <laughs> it's like everyone's in their little bubble going a hundred miles an hour to and from their tech job back to their 12th story apartment, you know, me being one of them. So I had no friends all alone, divorced. Everyone thinks I'm a heretic. I'm getting hate messages on Facebook and Instagram every day from former Christians accusing me of being evil and stuff. So I had just a lot bearing down on my soul at that time. So I went through this severe depression of just life is hopeless. There's no reason to live. There's no, no purpose. And that's what drove my intense spiritual seeking. So I spent about four years just every day, just how am I going to make it through another day? You know, that kind of depression. And my vice was to just read enlightenment texts. Like the, these texts give me some hope that there might be some escape from this hell I'm in. And that led to an experience at 27 where I was listening to um, an Eckhart Tolle lecture on my break at work. I'd go up to this balcony above my gym just listen to Eckhart and watch the clouds pass. And I had like a little bit of peace during that time of my day. So I loved my lunch break. And one day, you know, the planets aligned or whatever. And I'm sitting there listening to this lecture and Eckhart is sort of mocking things that ego says to us in our head. Uh, things like, um, if, if only people would recognize how special I am, then I would truly be happy. And then he laughs, his Eckhart laugh, <laughs> and the audience laughs. And so I was just listening and he did like five or six in a row and then a big pause and then another one. And I was just laughing each time because I was increasingly recognizing like, he's nailing it. This is exactly what my ego is saying to me every day. And I sort of laughed myself into a realization 
which, um, you know, laughter can be a very potent way to realize something. Mm-hmm. I literally laughed myself into enlightenment in that moment because I just saw the nature of what was really behind that truth, which is that all is one, you are eternal. There's only one being in the universe. Everything is that one being expressing. All the stuff we say we know, but I knew it perceptively, right? I actually experienced it and it was just absolute bliss everywhere I looked. And so I'm in this samadhi state at work and I have a client in 20 minutes. So I float down to the gym and I'm like ready to train somebody. And their first comment was, wow, Aaron, you look really happy. (laughs) And I said, I am. Uh, so that was a that was a two week experience in that state, unbroken for fourteen days. So I literally was given this like free sample of enlightenment, and many people have experiences like this, right? But I woke up fourteen days after that, looked at my phone, realized it was two weeks that I'd been in that state, and the first ego thought came back online, which said basically, "Wow, I wonder if I'm enlightened. I wonder if this is my permanent state of consciousness." So now there's an I who's claiming this state, right? And from there it unraveled and my ego came back and then the depression eventually was back tenfold because now I'd actually tasted what heaven was like and then got thrown back into hell. Mm. And so hell was even worse with that contrast and the hopelessness was even worse of like, I don't wanna live a second in this state knowing that that state's available, but I can't get back there. I'm, I'm stuck here. So I just, you know, my, my entire life outside of spiritual growth became meaningless to me. Um, I was a full-time fitness model in San Francisco, competitive bodybuilder, personal trainer. I was in all this, all this vanity in my life. I completely stepped out of it after that, uh, quit my modeling gig, dropped out of the show I was prepping for, like couldn't have cared less about that stuff. And every waking second of my day was just devoted to how do I get back to that state of consciousness? Part of this process, and it's easy to attach yourself to an ideology or a dogma or a religion on the path of first wanting truth, you know? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people get locked locked in that energy for a lifetime, you know? And many lifetimes in different forms, whether it's a cult leader and, you know, um, some sort of cult or a religion, which is, uh, essentially a very similar thing. It's a yeah. bedfellow. <laughs> in your own experience, being in the Christian church and an evangelical church at that, um, and having this desire for understanding life, what the purpose is here, how to live a harmonious life. There's so many beautiful teachings and I don't want this to come across as any way and I don't think it will that we're you know, demonizing religion um, because it serves a purpose for individuals at a certain level of consciousness. Oh yeah. Um, and even inherent in this discussion, like I think we both feel the energy. Like I'm down to at any point to be proven wrong. Like there's a I, you show me. Like even if there, I could totally be wrong about this whole consciousness thing. But at a certain point, it becomes a felt reality and experience, and you just have clear sight into what is. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah, you just so, don't doubt it anymore. Yeah, you just don't doubt it. It just is. It's like seeing the color red. Once you see it, it's just the color red. That's just the reality of it. Yeah. You don't need to say that is red. Right. And there's no need to even articulate it unless you're in discussion, maybe on a podcast like we are, (laughs) (laughs) which is what we're doing here. Um, A friend of mine, Aubrey Marcus, he, uh, I love, he gave us a a description of like our purpose is like essentially God pleasuring itself. You know, it's like, (laughs) and very much so it's like God masturbating in the form of human bodies that are are God's pleasure. There we go. Um, So beautiful. So for individuals that are 
in the kind of initial stages, or maybe they're just coming out of a religious indoctrination or a family where they're so surrounded by and everyone in their friend group is, and they're a specific belief system or dogma. How do we first get past the need to uh, know what the creator is, who the creator is, whether what, what skin color they are, whether it's blue, white, or black, or they have a beard, or they don't, or it's a man or female? Um, and then also, how do you support individuals who are maybe going through leaving a big friend group or having the death of their reality in that dark night of the soul where it's like they're leaving a big part of the comfort of having this, you know, that community around them? Yeah. Well, I, I began on YouTube actually doing that. I started making videos because I was myself coming out. I had come out of Christianity, the fundamentalism of Christianity. And I had found a lot of what I thought were really satisfying answers for these questions of like, well, is God just or not? Does God need to punish people for their sins or not? Is the Bible inerrant or not? And so I just started making videos thinking like, well, these answers have helped me a lot. And I know that they're going to help some people online because there's a lot of people coming out of religion these days. And that's where my whole journey began. So I never even anticipated to, to be a teacher or be a YouTuber at all. It was just like, this is my current passion. I'm just going to follow it. And so one of those things for me was understanding that everything religion teaches you, it's not that it's not true, right? It's that it's way more true than you realize. Uh, the I like to see religion as like third density training wheels for spirituality. Yeah. <laughs> In that training wheels are totally valid for a kid that's learning how to ride a bike. Uh, you'd be such an asshole to judge a kid using training wheels, right? Like you're the problem, dude. But nevertheless, the training wheels eventually have to be transcended to actually ride the bike of spirituality. So I love religion. I'm a huge fan of Hinduism, Buddhism, Christianity, mystical Christianity. Uh, But when you see it as a learning device rather than the absolute finish line, you know, of spirituality, that's when you can use religion as a springboard. And in Christianity, when some of the dogmatic views started rubbing me wrong, when the training wheels were no longer wanted anymore, it was, it was all an inside job for me. It was like, I'm genuinely struggling with these beliefs every day because my ego really wants to hold on to this certainty, but it doesn't make any sense to me anymore. And I have a lot of questions that need answers and I can't find these answers. And it was always having to do with God's nature more so than, the more surface level stuff in religion. So just fundamental ideas. Like I would start to have conversations with my Christian friends more and more where I would ask them questions. Cause I'm like, do you guys struggle with these questions? And do you have answers, you know? And the answers I got back were increasingly shocking to me. Mm. So for example, anyone who's listening to this, who is, was Christian has come out of this. will know this conversation, like the back of your hand. When you start to, let's say, question a dogmatic Christian who believes that, yep, if you don't confess Jesus, you're going to burn in hell forever. When you start poking holes at that idea, the responses you get are flabbergasting. And one of them was like, uh, for example, if you're a parent, um, would you, for any reason you can imagine, ever want to torture your child in a pit of fire for as a consequence? And people don't even let you finish the sentence, right? They're like, I would never do that. It's the most absurd notion. And then I would say, so can you help me understand why you believe that God does that to his children? Even to a Buddhist 
meditator who would never kill a fly in his entire life, but to that child, he's going to burn in hell for eternity. Right. It's like, okay, start to ask these questions. Yeah, yeah. This is an important thing for us to nail down, right? (laughs) Why would you think that God would do that? And the answer is always, well, brother, God's ways are higher than our ways. The classic verse. And when you push back on that, they'll say, well, see, here's the problem is you're just making a God in your image. If you say, why wouldn't God forgive and, and rehabilitate people who do evil? And why does he just need to just punish them with violence forever? Well, brother, I got to stop you because you're making a God in your own image, they'll always say. And the more I heard that, the more it started ringing in my mind of like, what are they really saying here? And at one point I sort of snapped into this kind of frustrated understanding of what they were really saying, which is you're saying that it's human nature to be compassionate and merciful and forgiving and to want justice and and retribution, but it's God's nature to be violent and punitive and punish and use violence and all of that. Because, you know, we would forgive, brother. I wouldn't punish my kids, but God's ways are higher than mine. So wait a minute, you're saying God's more violent than you? I highly doubt that. I bet it's the other way around. I bet your human ego nature is to punish, to get revenge, to get even. And I bet it's God's nature to forgive. So if we have a God whose ways are vengeance and violence and punishment, then we have a God who's made in our image, right? That's the religious God. But if we have a God whose ways are mercy and compassion and forgiveness, then we have a God whose ways are higher than our ways. And that was the truth revealed to me in those conversations that at that point, it was just a natural letting go of, oh, that's not true. So it's not that I don't believe it anymore. It's not It's not true. Mm. That's not how God is. Mm. So beautiful. I love how you broke that down, man. So good. 